at my 40th birthday, uh, my marriage kind of collapsed, my marriage collapsed. And I had to, to rethink about what I wanted, if I wanted to stay in the marriage, if I did not, and then realizing that, and then making the decision and uh, taking the responsibility that, you know, this is what I've been doing. I've been doing the best I can. Maybe I could have done better, but this is where it's, it has, you know, brought me and making the decision that I did want to divorce and become independent and financially dependent. I realized that uh, time was no longer goal-oriented, but it was much more time in 40 was much more project-oriented. Welcome to This is 40. I'm Reds. I turned 40 recently, as did my co-host and friend Alexia. We're both entrepreneurs living in Paris, and we were a little overwhelmed with it all, to be honest. We thought, what if we could tap into the wisdom, the humor, the fears, resilience, and the beauty of all of the 40-year-olds we knew? Wouldn't that be something? And that's how This Is 40 was born. A show where we talk to some of the most fun, brilliant, resilient, creative people in our everyday lives who made a decisive change in their way of living, thinking and being in the world for the better mostly as they hit their 40th. I'm Alexia and I'm Reds and we are your hosts. Join us and listen to our guests as they open up their hearts to share their experience of turning 40 and the gift it brought them. And we ask you, what is 40 to you? Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of This is 40. I'm Ritz, one half of Ritz and Alexia, your co-hosts. We're coming to you from Paris, still in the midst of COVID. Thank you very much for listening to us. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate knowing that in this weird lockdown COVID time, you're on the other end of this, listening in, writing to us, letting us know what your 40s have been like. And basically distracting everyone with messages of hope and resilience and encouragement about turning 40. This couldn't work out in any other way that could be better, right? Thank you again. So at this point now in Paris, everything's very quiet. And much of what makes Paris a beautiful, cultured, romantic city, besides its streets and cafes and the art, all of these gorgeous works of art, the paintings, the sculptures... All of that work that we draw strength and beauty from is all locked up in museums and galleries, waiting for a chance to see visitors again. And to our guest today, Joanna Cohen, art is her way to see the world. And she speaks of turning 40 in the context of the art world, coming back to a very competitive world after a challenging and different time in her life. Joanna talks us through some of the challenges. Sometimes, you know, life changes that ironically happen on your 40th birthday. Talk about a sign. And they teach you to find humor and beauty in the darkest moments. And that this is actually not just a skill. It's an art. And like anything you created, it is incredibly individual. It's incredibly personal but it's always yours to call on and draw strength from. And Joanna has some really strong 
thoughts on creating something for yourself from there. I can't wait for you to hear that. Joanna and I hit it off because as a true New Yorker, she has that unbeatable resilience New York has, which I miss, admire, and love so much. I mean, Paris is great, but to me, New York is <laughs> New York. Is New York. Joanna skinned her knees in the art world at Christie's and worked her way up to the Gagosian Gallery. She continued her career in Paris, but hey, that's where the real adventure began. And we're talking the stuff that at 40 makes you laugh out aloud at the absurdity and then cry at the loss. But then finally, put on your superwoman cape and maybe get a tattoo. All right, enough said. No more spoilers. I'm going to let Joanna tell you more. And again, if you haven't sent us your story of turning 40 and what it means to you, We would love to have you on our show. Send in your stories. Happy listening. Welcome to This is 40, where we speak to some of the brightest, most interesting people we know who at 40 or shortly thereafter made a decisive change in their way of living, of thinking, and of being in the world for the better, mostly. Hi, Joanna. So I hear that you've had quite an interesting start of your day today. Some typical stuff and some, well, some not so typical. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. My day started with a bit of uh, running, then uh, taking my son to school. He's going to school only twice a week. I have been working on a client's apartment in the second arrondissement near the Halles. And I was, you know, expecting delivery to be there. And in the meantime, in the meanwhile, I was also being driven by my ex-husband, who, who him and I had an appointment at the mairie of a third arrondissement to finalize our divorce. So yes, it's, it's been quite a day already. So Joanna, one of the reasons that we really wanted you on our show is for the way that you rewrite the rules. You had an incredible career in the art world and then in New York, and then you chose to stop it all in order to start a family here in Paris. And then at 40, you decided to get back into the extremely competitive market to find your passion and gain your financial freedom. This is as you were going through divorce. Tell us about this. Can you talk about getting over the fear of crafting the perfect CV? All of the things that would come to mind when one thinks of getting back into the workforce after a break as a woman who stepped out to raise your children. How did you do all of this? It was definitely very scary. I would say that I had left my career uh, very consciously. I really want to raise a family and I definitely projected myself uh, in my 20s to have children and be married before the age of 30. And so at the age of 30, I had just gotten married. I had my first child and I was pregnant with my second one. So that was a bit complicated, but I did it. And then life got, you know, complicated from projection to actuality. And I stopped completely working. I had a really fantastic career in New York working for one of the best, if, if not the best, gallerist, Larry Gagosian. I had the chance to partake in some amazing exhibition, uh, meet 
fantastic artists, excuse me, Asai Twombly, Cecily Brown, Jeff Koons, and many others having left my industry because of my two pregnancy at uh, 11 months time difference. I had a hard time kind of trying to motivate myself. I had, during the time I raised my children, gone to teaching art history going back to the field was different. And I would say that speaking to other women in my industry made a big difference, admitting my fears and also, you know, no longer feeling maybe qualified or having lost something or having to explain myself. A lot of justification of the why, how I did not, you know, did the whole profession and and raising children at the same time. And then very, very quickly, as I spoke to a woman in the profession, in my professional field, I realized that I basically actually was not an issue at all. It was, it was part of life and I was not going to be judged by it. And I was not going to be uh, sanctioned by it. It was just a choice I had made as any other choice any other woman would make. So especially in, this, in, in an industry like this, which is very you know, competitive, it was amazing how nurturing actually these conversations were. It was just realizing like it, it, it was all about what was in my head and what I had perceived. So it was more about me kind of just uh, realizing that uh, there really isn't any rules. And it was, the, it was me actually putting limitation on myself prior to having gone back to the art world. What I did realize too is, and that was very much, that was much harder, is the realization that I, I no longer uh, was in a place where I was in a mid-entry level job situation. And yet I hadn't gone through all the steps to uh, be senior. And um, seeing also the competition and getting an idea of, the, especially a number of art fair, a uh, number of choices that we have now on the internet for clients, it definitely made me realize that uh, maybe at this very moment, the best thing would be for me to create my own structure and to make it mine to present who I am and what I could offer clients that is you know, unique to others. And for me, it was a way of, you know, kind of just better defining who I was, what I was doing. And in my head, it, it felt like, well, this is a way for me to learn and to challenge myself and to uh, make lots of mistakes and learn a lot. And in a way, I kind of felt like, well, I'm, I'm kind of recreating my CV by itself by doing it. Now, the good news is maybe... The way I thought of it, I was coming maybe from a more like, let's do it and it will f somehow fill a bit the, the blanks I've been having in my CV. And then actually it became something where much more rich and much more, you really start you know, being actually an enterprise. And that was kind of amazing. That's fantastic. When we were talking about being 40, you were quite descriptive and talking about the young girl in the art gallery joining as the art assistant, expected to be pretty and delicate and sweet. And then the entrance of like a 40-year-old lady in... Can you paint that picture for of us course. again? So the first time I went back 
to uh, an art fair, which was with a very good friend of mine who is an art critic. And it felt amazingly powerful to realize that I hadn't lost any of my knowledge. I had been, you know, keeping up with the art fairs. I had been keeping up with exhibitions. I have a chance to have continued collecting art. And what I realized is while I was going through all the stands at uh, the FIAC, I might not know the assistant or the salesperson, but I knew the director or I knew the owner because the director and owner were actually colleagues of mine 15 years ago. And, and it felt actually amazing to, to realize that, you know, I still knew my, you know, I knew people, I knew what was going on. And it definitely was much more empowering where it's when you are at fairs and you're working affairs in your 20s, you're still, you know, trying to understand the, the system, to understand who are competitors, who are, who are the, the uh, people who present institutions, who are private clients. And it's, you, you do look a bit like a bit like bright eye and you do feel as though you need to sit pretty and take in all this information and try to make of it. When I went back, I had those information. And, and now that is, I understood also the process. So even though people had changed position, even though um, things weren't exactly the same, I had the roadmap. I had spoken about, you know, maybe having this uh, feeling of, um, uh, of imposter syndrome. That in that very moment, you know, I felt that I exactly who I, I exactly knew who I was and what I wanted to do, and I was able to um, express it and portray it in complete confidence, which was not something I had in my twenties working in the same industry. And I do admit also I love the fact that the assistants were still trying to size me up and see who I was. And it, you know, it, it definitely made me realize who I was prior and who had, I had become. I've got a question for you, Joanna, uh, because, well, our listeners might not know that, but we're actually recording this with the video as well. And I see your arms moving because you're still very French. I mean, or maybe that's something you take on from us French, but you're moving your arms a lot. And I see your tattoos there yes. on your wrist. Would you care telling us about those tattoos? I've been, sure. I've, I've, my eyes have been on it for the past five minutes and I can't figure <laughs> it out. Yes. Yeah, so actually, the one that you're seeing right here, which is um, my first tattoo, yeah. which I got done on October 2018. And it's a, so it's a straight arrow, which is also the name of my consulting uh, company. And it was something that I, you know, it's, you know, it's part of the, um, you know, changing the rules. I am, I'm uh, a Jewing, Jewish faith and it's always been, I've always wanted to, to do tattoos, but I've always, out of respect for my faith and for my parents, I never did. And at 40, I decided that, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I really wanted to get this tattoo. So I found a wonderful artist in Paris and did it. And the idea of the arrow was really kind of just, you know, it is, uh, it's a double, it's tri tribal. It's, it is, it is a weapon. 
So there's this aspect of almost kind of putting something on me to protect myself. Also an arrow when it's thrown only could go forward, even if it doesn't go far. <laughs> only forward, which is, you know, and it's, it is, uh, the arrow is actually um, pointed outward. And there is a geometric form in the middle, which is a compass. I see. So it really was, you know, kind of just like a lot of people who do get uh, tattooed. It was very much uh, kind of just a, a bit of a reminder of what I had gone through and what I wanted. So that was my first uh, tattoo. And a lot of people have uh, given actually me a lot of compliments for it. And when I was trying to figure out the name of a company and, you know, for art advisory, it really is about the merit of your experience and of your name and a repetition. So for whatever reason, I decided I really wanted uh, a name of a company. So I went with Straight Arrow because somebody who is a straight arrow also is somebody who just goes to the shortest amount of, you know, A to, to B. And also it's somebody who is extremely forthcoming and, and I would say transparent. And I think this, these are attributes which I think very largely the art world is criticized for. Now being so, and I want kind of to prove to my clients that this is not true. It's just that it's a mis, it look, you know, it's a misperception of it. So, so yeah. So actually, at the end, my my tattoo became the name of my company. Otherwise, I have on my other. Yes, because I did not stop at one tattoo. <laughs> I I finished last summer with. My fifth tattoo, which was, you know, I like the number No way. Wow, Joanna. Okay. (laughs) So quickly on the other wrist, there is a triangle, which is a current triangle represent. It has nothing to do with, you know, what's it called? Different type of, you know, secrets or groups. It has to do with actually a triangle is the um, strongest architectural structure. And it really also was at a time where I just felt very you know, pose and calm in to myself. I have a Hebrew word, la'asot, next to it. And la'asot is the verb that is used in the first paragraph of the first testament when it is a verb used describing God making the world. You know, you know it's, it's, it's really doing. So again, it's a reminder for me to move and do. And then there's others. Anna, that answer was just incredible. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. Thank you. Right? And that was such a good one for like even the explanation of being 40, et cetera. I love that question. Yes, that's true. It's true. The tattoo was something I wanted to. I remember, and I still remember very well. And I remember that, you know, I did it and everybody's like, don't do it, don't do it. And I I, I just made my, my mind up to do it. And I remember that my father was like, well, I'm very disappointed. And I remember I told him, well, that was to be expected. <laughs> and, it felt and nice to mother, be 40, yeah? Exactly. And my, 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 my mother was kind of just, you know, raising her arms in the air going, look, it's your body and you're 40 and I'm just way, way too old to care. <laughs> and I thought that was fantastic. Also, you know, expression of her own you know, life experience at, at 70. <laughs> you know, it's like there's, you know, there's plenty more for me to experience, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, there was definitely a lot of change in that. Yes, 
with forty. It's true that yeah, it's it, it definitely was part of my transformation. Where this is my life, I want to take responsibility and I want to take action into my professional life, my sentimental life, also spirituality because the Hebrew is also because I went back to learning Hebrew because I was my daughter was starting to to do her preparation for her bat mitzvah and I. I felt as though it was unfair for me to ask her to do that if I had forgotten how to read. So we did it together. I thought it was only fair. And, and overall, yes, and then the body. And then re, reappropriating, as a woman, reappropriating your body in a different way after, after making a, a choice that I will not only be a mother. There's so much more to me. So what is there? How do I want to express it? And uh, yeah, I think um, the tattoos were, were, yes, my little, you know, revolution. That was so honest and beautiful that I feel like <laughs> our you. listeners are going to either cry or like totally identify with that, especially that line about taking back your body at 40, you know, as mm-hmm. a mom. I can resonate with that. Completely. Joanna, something you said to us that resonated with both Alexia and myself is the concept of time in your forties and how you see this differently from the rush of time when you're in your twenties and when you feel like you have to be everything to everyone and achieve everything that's on your list. Could you talk a little bit more about the sense of time being expandable? I was thinking about what we had discussed and it's true in my twenties, it was more about goal driven you know, doing, having, wanting to achieve certain things, but, you know, just goals and, and not seeing what these goals or what these achievements would naturally sort of affect other aspects of my life. And so it's much more, you know, bucket list. I want to have, you know, I want to, to work for a powerful gallery. I want to have had, you know, these traveling experiences. I want to be married. I would like to have children, I would like to start a collection. All these things were just kind of just like listing. And it's true that in my 40s, maybe also due to the, my personal experience where at 40, at my 40th birthday, uh, my marriage kind of collapsed, well, my marriage collapsed. And I had to, to rethink about what I wanted, if I wanted to stay in the marriage, if I did not. And then realizing that, and then making the decision and uh, taking the responsibility that, you know, this is what I've been doing. I've been doing the best I can. Maybe I could have done better, but this is where it's, it has, you know, brought me and making the decision that I did want to divorce and become independent and financially dependent. I realized that uh, time was no longer goal oriented, but it was much more time in 40 was much more project oriented. It feels, you know, I had said this, uh, one of my best advice right now would be, you know, every time you achieve uh, a goal or an ambition, you have to replace it each time. It has to be a, a continuous, you know, a continuous. Maybe, maybe I've gone wiser and I see the big picture, but this is what, you know, time for me is it's no longer about, can I get this done in this time period is, can I get this done? And yet I have these other aspects of my life to deal with. I'm dealing with different aspects and uh, it's more, I would say, yes, I see the big picture and time 
is it's no longer a, a race for me. It's uh, more about making sure that things are durable and stay in time. Whatever I built is, you know, is something that I can enjoy and that could uh, develop throughout the years to come. Amazing. So what is 40 to you then, Joanna? I would say 40 is re-evolution, revolution. Uh, it could be different for many people, but for me, definitely revolutionary in the fact that uh, I, I am so, I'm doing so great in my head, in my body, in my heart. I, I, and this is something I've, I've noticed is that since I've turned 40, I've had just the most hardest time, <laughs> you know, every step of a way, but I have laughed. Like I've never laughed throughout my whole entire life. I'm able to really take in the experience for what it is and, and, and also, you know, and find humor in the, in the trauma or the unexpectation, finding also an amazing amount of pleasure in, in my success, in my realization, in my career. So yeah, definitely a revolutionary for me. Thank you, Joanna. Where would you send people? People, where can they find you? So right now, Instagram would be the best way to find me. My account is straight, S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T, arrow, A-R-R-O-W, art, A-R-T, advisory, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-Y. Or you could always find me by searching Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. And I share my art exploration within galleries, art studios, and present to my Instagram followers things that they could share, things to see. And to wrap up, Joanna has something special for our listeners. Joanna, what have you got? So I have as my special surprise giveaway uh, my personal cheat sheet on the three essential question you need to ask yourself when you start your own art collection. And I have a special surprise if you uh, send me a DM with the mention of This Is 40 podcast, I will be very happy to answer personal question on art collecting. Thanks for that. I know you mentioned to us not long ago a special book that really was life-changing for you when you were going through your divorce. Somebody that you actually met as well during a retreat. Could you just yes. share that title with us? Of course. So the, the uh, author's name is Esther Perel. She a uh, New York-based psychiatrist, and she revolutionized recently the discussion on infidelity and relationship. The uh, name of the book is The State of Affairs. And then the other book I definitely very inspired is a book by the author Annie Cohen Solal. And she wrote among the many, many books she's written, this art historian and uh, intellectual, uh, uh, Leo and his circle, The Life of Leo Castelli. And what I adore is actually uh, Leo Castelli, which is one of the most emblematic 
art dealer and gallerist of uh, the 20th century, 20, 21st century, <laughs> yes, is that he, he started to have his gallery when he was 40. Okay. And for me, it was a huge uh, inspiration. I can see why it would resonate for sure. Thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you. Was, thank you, Joanna. All right. So thank you so very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that interview and chat with Joanna. You can check her out and get a glimpse of her tattoos on her Instagram account. That's Tread Our Art Advisory. Check out the show notes too because she shared with us a cheat sheet to help you start your own art collection. And if you send Joanna a DM on her Instagram with the mention of our Instagram handle at This Is 40 Podcast, she will answer one personal question on art collecting. Just head on over to thisis40podcast.com forward slash episode three. You'll see all the links mentioned in this episode, the books and the cheat sheets. So what should you be doing to make sure that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes? Make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram to get the latest news. And if you have a chance, I can't say it enough, please, please, please leave a review for the podcast on iTunes and on our Instagram. We see them all and really it's an incredibly impactful way for you to show your support to our show. We put a lot of work into it, a lot of passion, a lot of time and... Uh, it might be a side project, but it truly is a work of labor. So thank you so much in advance for that. And at the time we're recording this, we are still in lockdown in France. So, well, can't wait for a big hug with my friends. But we'll see you same time, same place next week. Stay safe. Bye for now. Bye.